I'm Cesar Rubio, five-time past master of Palm Springs Lodge number 693, and this is Masonic Muscle, where we focus on the strongest aspect of Freemasonry, a virtuous education of the mind, fortifying it with wise and serious truths, encouraging all brethren to increase their level of fitness one degree at a time, making exercise and study a cornerstone of your daily routine, because Freemasonry is work. When you put in the work, you get closer and closer to the point within the circle. Masonic muscle. We give you more light, but no light weights. We're here to pump you up, body, mind, and soul. So let's get to it again. Yeah, the jewels. No, you can't be curling the jewels like that. There's That's not enough weight. Uh, never mind. Welcome back. I hope you guys have been trying. Nah, not trying. Just pull the trigger. Pull the trigger and start an exercise routine. Start watching what you eat. Eat better quality food. Drink plenty of water. Get out there in the sun, even though down here in Southern California, it's going to be a blazer. Every year it gets down to 120 or so. And don't forget, down here in Southern California, if you're anywhere near uh, South Pasadena Laws number 290. Remember, in July, July 20th, 21st, and 22nd is going to be Masonic Con. Yeah. Hosted by South Pasadena Lodge number 290. Dago and Jerry L. Dago. That's right. Every time I see you, Dago, that's what you're going to hear. So don't forget about that. Today I want to share with you something I've already shared with you before in a previous episode. And it was about a book. A book written by Douglas Noop and J.P. Jones and Douglas Hamer. And I read a brief article that came out in the Philalethes magazine back in 1943. And then again when it was reprinted in 1963... Those articles are brief, but I found an article online that goes into a little bit more detail that'll give you a further respect for what they're trying to say. The name of the article is called The Most Important Book in Any Masonic Researcher's Library, The Early Masonic Catechisms. And it says this, Seriously, this, without a doubt or exception, is the most vital book to have in your library if you are serious about looking into and understanding Freemasonry, whether you are interested in its conceptual development, its rituals, and or its history. This work was first published in 1943, but it is the second edition printed in 1963, reprinted in 1969, that is really worth trying to get a hold of as the second edition includes additional material discovered since the first publication. This additional material was edited by another noted Masonic historian, Harry Carr, yet he clearly appears to have maintained the methods of presentation as already established by Noop, Jones, and Hamer. This book was printed by Manchester University Press for the Quarter Coronati Lodge 2070 in London which already gives the first inclination of why this book is of great value, as it was not published with the aim for it to be a bestseller or a page-turning expose of Freemasonry. Instead, 
It was produced purely as an academic text, with the expectation it would only be used by Freemasons and then only by those serious about understanding the history and development of Masonic ritual. Many historian, many Masonic halls in England that may have a library would carry this book within its collection. It is important to really appreciate the difference between an academic publication and standard publication. Virtually all books found in a bookshop are produced by publishers. Publishers are businesses whose interest is in producing books to be sold to the public. Publishers normally pay writers to forward manuscripts. These manuscripts are then passed to an editor who works for the publisher who makes sure that the manuscripts are good enough to be published. This process of editing is not just so to uh, check spelling, grammar, and layout of the book. They are also vital to publishers as they try and make sure that the manuscript is the best it can be, but not the best it can be to explain a principle or be academically correct, but to be engaging enough to be liked or controversial to be recommended. Standard publishers are not interested in the concept of academic publications. Academic publications are those normally printed through university presses. These are vetted and expected to be focused on being academically correct. This makes the reading experience rather dull, but it will be academically sound. In academic text, the reading experience, the expectation would be that, that any argument presented in the text, if it is an assumption or opinion, will be highlighted this fact, and it would be expected that both sides of an opinion will be forwarded with equal merit. Academic books are the books normally referenced for source material. It is worth noting that it is more important when reading research publications to check who the publisher is rather than the author. Some publishers use authors who are doctors to try and encourage sales by making their books appear to be academic. But often, these writers are far removed from the editing process. As such, and due to being paid, are still encouraged to write in a style more focused to sell books rather than being readily academically balanced. Again, this style of book is rarely found in recognized academic texts or papers as worth drawing reference to. The actual publishers of this described work is the Quarter Coronati Lodge 2076, recognized as the oldest Masonic research lodge in the world and arguably the most respected. They are noted for publishing the papers that are academically accepted for general distribution to Freemasons who are interested in Masonic research. In the early years, the subjects covered were more general in nature and later recognized as being academically questionable and have been subsequently removed from the lodge's listings of papers of research. This dedication for academic excellence has entrenched the genuine credibility of this research institution. So what is this publication about? This book is a study of the earliest known references to actual Masonic ritual. Freemasonry is famous for its mysterious rituals, and, indeed, rituals are all that modern Masons do within the lodges themselves. Every Masonic meeting is, ideally, to perform a ceremony of advancement for a member, and if no brother is present for advancement, then lodges are rather 
at a loss as to what to do, as Freemasonry is based on the process of performing his rituals. At the end of the 17th century and the beginning of the 18th, Freemasonry didn't have a set universal system of ceremonies. There was no uniformity to the wording or even structure of degrees that constituted the various examples of Freemasonry that could be found even in a single city. Some lodges are believed to have worked with no specific ritual, just a traditional process that was an oral tradition, but gave the participants a certain amount of flexibility on what was actually said. For many casual researchers and non-Masonic commentators on theories of Freemasonry, its rituals, its history and development have is blatantly ignored this fact. The very existence of this book, The Early Masonic Catechisms, cuts through those misguided illusions by cutting the primary issues that challenges genuine Masonic research by highlighting that not only did such diversity exist, but also the earliest records of Masonic ritual, which date from 1966, highlight this fact. This is the process, purpose of the book, to present both the earliest examples of Masonic ritual and presenting the source material in full, each with the presented view of the history of each document, giving the academic appraisal of the validity of each, offering a balanced assessment. The book contains what are called catechisms. Catechisms are ritualized verbal exchanges when one person says an expected question to which an expected scripted answer is given. This style of delivery of a ritual seems to have been the primary method of how early Masonic rituals were presented, and a style that is still a mainstay of modern rituals. The early Masonic catechisms lists and presents in chronological order the earliest examples of Masonic rhetoric and describes the different sources. The sources vary from notes found in lodge record books, individual papers found in a Masonic collection, and also a series of pamphlets and booklets called exposés. Exposés are publications or articles in newspapers that claim to reveal the secrets of Freemasonry and describe rituals in full. For a long period of research into Freemasonry, these have been ignored as not deemed unreliable, as obviously these were sold to make money or to increase the sales of newspapers. As such, as a motivation was just to sell the item, the content did have to be correct, just tantalizing enough to seem correct to gain the sale. Yet, as research has advanced, these many booklets and articles have come to be research, and although many seem to be false, some have raised specific interest. The reason for this is because as more Masonic material is being found and being made more available to research Masons, parallels between the text is being seen, highlighting some publications of interest. Another reason is that some pamphlets have been discovered actually in the private collections of known Freemasons, with handwritten notes in them, as if certain passages and words have been altered. This is something some Masons do today, as each lodge normally has slight differences in their rituals and would amend a modern published ritual rather than print one of their own. This seems to imply that these certain altered exposés must have been close enough to what early rituals were being performed that they only needed slight alterations so that they could be used as a ritual book or 
that some publications were so popular that certain lodges decided to actually adopt them. Even so, Noob, Jones, and Hamer give rounded arguments for all points and fairly advises the reader on why the selection was chosen. As such, given gives the reader a beautiful glance into the early history of what is the most important part of Freemasonry, its rituals, up until 1730, which marks the time when something that would really resemble modern ritual appears to phase into existence. A fabulous book, but do not expect to find this book through your public library. It is considered a private publication. It, on, it only had relatively short runs. It is still under copyright, so no PDF versions are allowed to exist. But they can be found because this book is so important, but also rare in the public domain. Copies do come on places like eBay, priced around 80 pounds to 150. Expensive, but a must. And there you have it. Another gem uh, that I've uh, talked about before. And I was looking for the name of the book. The name of the book is The Early Masonic Catechism by Douglas Noop, G.P. Jones, and Douglas Hamer. And we're looking for the second edition printed in 1963, not, not, to 19, uh, not the 1943 version because uh, the 1963 had stuff that, that had been discovered in those 20 years. And so they were able to add it and expand what they had already put in this book. Again, it gives us great insight as to what was going on during that time. Something was going on during that time of, uh, you know, 1717 to 1730. Our Masonic rituals were being formalized into three-degree system that we know today, that all states have, that all jurisdictions around the world have. And the only way you can begin to understand it and appreciate it more is to have a book like this. And I don't have one. I, I, I believe I found one online, like they were saying, like they were saying, a PDF version. I have yet to begin to uh, comb through it and see what it says. But one of the books that I did mention that I had found was written by them, Douglas Noop and, and G.P. Jones and uh, Hamer. And what it has is pretty incredible. You know, as a reader, as an avid reader, as a owner of many, many books, thousands, uh, many being Masonic to be able to find a book like that and then begin to peruse it and find some stuff and then to experience and see for myself how these books are written and the meticulous attention that must have been given and time. I mean, wow. You, you really begin to see that there were, there have always been members that want to get down to the bare bones of this and understand it. The only way we can do that is continue to dig, continue to dig, continue to work, work your little lizard brains, do your research. Yeah, I, there's books that I like that are not considered academic or are not academic. The Hiram Key, um, Born in Blood, even though some might argue that, that Born in Blood. 
uh, because uh, the author was, I believe, uh, a researcher. Anyhow, these are these little gems that are out there that can really improve your understanding, my understanding of where all this came from and what it's all about so that we may continue to go to Lodge, may continue to travel to other Lodges, other events, and, and have carry with you your own understanding so that you can have intelligent conversations with other members and non-members about the craft. All right, so information's out there. It is out there. You just got to look for it. All right, another strong session. These strong sessions are calculated to inculcate in the mind of the novitiate the importance of subduing our passions and improving ourselves in masonry, feeding the attentive ear with the sound of the instructive tongue, endeavoring to add to the common stock of knowledge and understanding effectively spreading the cement of knowledge and wisdom.